Keep up with Drake Digital on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DrakeHallMemphis.com. Drake Digital, playing the best rock and roll ever made. Well, that's fine. And yes, it is. It sounds good. Lots of good tunes coming up this morning, this afternoon, whenever you hear this. You can get it on any of, I think, eight different podcasting sites, and it's available. Um, and is, uh, But my mic screen is not available because it's falling <laughs> to pieces. It's a little bendy thing, and it's, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you've seen mic screens before on, on, on the TV, but it pulls over the mic so you don't pop your peas. Um, but mine is getting kind of unbendy and refuses to cooperate. So welcome to live radio as I struggle for this. Because if it falls to the left, it'll knock my coffee uh, cauldron <laughs> over. Oh, well, at least not on too. the laptop. Not so I have it set, and then as we go live, it starts to, decides to fall to pieces. So um, th- this is a good sign for the day. Uh, tomorrow is Warrior Bill Day, and your texts are welcome for Bill eight seven eight nine four two zero. He will answer any legal problems you have and give you direction for free. And that's hard to find these days, so we will do that. And um, a number of interesting stories for today about life in general, entertainment news that's pretty compelling, and uh, just some good songs as we go along in the morning. We ca- uh, The Memphis in May uh, MSRP meeting was yesterday, 10 o'clock in the morning, which was to decide and get a, the uh, lease agreement signed. This is February... So, uh, 15 and Memphis in May happens usually in May mm-hmm. and the first weekend is the Beale Street Music Festival followed by the barbecue two weeks later if you've seen pictures of Tom Lee Park you have to ask yourself uh, how in the world do they plan to put in three stages down there and accommodate people uh, in, a, in a much smaller space construction is underway heavy equipment everywhere and it makes you wonder um, how this is going. I haven't heard this morning uh, from anybody that knows any answers about this. I expect to any time. But there was no news about it on any TV website or anything else. So this has been a real issue for in various forms for three years. And now we're down to the nut cutting here because uh, they begin to book all the bands for this thing in October. This is February. And there are still many holes to fill. I can tell you that the books, the the bands that are already booked are impressive and attractive to people that want to buy tickets. So uh, there are some holes to fill and uh, some news to be released. Uh, But this has gotten so ridiculously ugly and political that you have to wonder about the future of it. And so this morning, we're going to find out eventually what happened yesterday, which appears to be nothing, as they drag this out, drag this out, because neither side is willing to give. So this city does not need to lose Memphis in May. It's an international attraction to this city and a big boon for the city uh, in the areas of finance and tourism. And they've had it last year, but it was the worst year financially ever. Before that, was it gone for two years or just one year? I forgot. Um, was it at Tiger? We went last year to to ti- the Tiger Lane one. Yeah, right. that's I what saw I did. Sammy Hagar, yeah. but I think 2020, before, I don't remember. 
Yeah, in 2020, they were going to have it in spring, then they were going to move it to the fall, and then they had to call yeah. the whole thing, and they didn't do it in 2021 uh, at all. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, so we're going to watch that this, this this day and see what um, what transpires with um, the decisions being made. And when it involves politics and local money and local interests and those who have invested in uh, it, it, it's a complicated story, which uh, we hope to have our friend Jim Holt on eventually, who's the CEO of Memphis and May, to explain what the heck is going on, and we'll wait down with bated breath to see what really is the truth in here and what happens to, uh, to any of this. Other things happening in entertainment, there are a ton of them. This is not a surprise. It's been coming for a long time as it relates to media and digital and radio and digital, which this has become. This is likely the precursor to many radio stations doing things like we're doing here. Um, the uh, Grizzlies have um, their uh, online podcasting site and forum with, with uh, Chris Vernon and uh, Gary Parrish is going to join him. And a bunch of folks that, that, that do podcasting about the NBA and, and, and the Grizzlies. But radio's future is, I would say, a giant question mark. Based upon, well, there's too many commercials. Uh, a lot of um, shows on the air from out of the market, which is not really good for being live and local. And in general, it's just, it's there. It's seen a lot, a lot better times. Television is the most obvious choice or the most obvious area where you can see uh, digital versus normal TV, like network TV and cable stuff. For the first time ever, digital viewing has passed normal TV in, the, in this country. Huh. That's all the networks. It's probably, I would say, that, the, that uh, basic cable which I now have no idea what that means, but it includes uh, much other networks, many of them pointless and worthless. But digital television and streaming sites have passed over just normal TV, and it, yeah. it had to happen. Wow. For yeah. the first time ever, U.S. adults will spend more time this year watching digital video on platforms like Netflix, TikTok, frightening, and YouTube yeah. than they'll watch network TV. Uh, that was forecast, and uh, some numbers came out yesterday. As I walked through our kitchen last night, I was reminded again as to why this continues to happen. And the decisions being made by people at the top of these networks is mind-bogglingly stupid. Uh, night Court, this is week two, I believe, or three, of the reboot of that television show from the 80s. It wasn't there very very good then it's it's embarrassingly bad now I'm sure it's it's just freaking awful and uh john larroquette who i never really could find much affinity with is back harry anderson is dead he was the judge uh marky post was on that and that show never it, it did pretty well i guess but it has a laugh track which anymore oh, really? is a bad sign oh yeah I hate that. um you know 30 rock and Parks and Rec and shows like that never had a laugh track, which made them funnier. Because you know when to laugh if you're amused. If you don't, a laugh track 
is not going to make you laugh. No. And it's not a live audience, I don't think. It's canned laughter, like shows back in the 70s. And the, it's awful. I'm surprised they still use them. It's, 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 well, it was a really bad decision. I, I, I can't imagine, and it's on Tuesday nights at 7, I think, followed by another comedy, I believe, but it's, it's just awful. And so that's one of the reasons that stand out as to why these ongoing decisions being made. Network TV is made up now essentially of game shows, contest shows, um, music shows like Idol and The Voice, mm-hmm. Dancing with the Stars, Dancing with Your Mother, whatever the case may be. So all of that garbage is, is, is on there because it's cheap to produce. And game shows are way cheap to produce. And then you've got your dramas that remain. There are CSIs. I don't know how many. Um, Law and Order came back, didn't it? Or is it going to or, or something? I haven't watched network TV for any reason except for sports in over five years, if not more. So uh, in this historic first, the market uh, tracker says uh, that viewership on TV that is networks and such Less than half of the, um, it dropped under three hours of viewing a day. And that's probably people during the day that are watching their soap operas. I don't know why they're still on, are watching some of the syndicated shows, some of which are on in this market and some are not. They dropped, um, that Ryan Seacrest and, and uh, What's Her Nuts because it was awful. Oh, yeah. Uh, Good. And Dr. Phil's gone. Uh, yeah, uh, Kelly Ripa. So many of these shows have been dropped, and they plug in some of the worst programming, these entertainment talk shows, usually with women, that are are just embarrassingly bad. So people are, they take more and more time to watch a movie or a video from Netflix and and, uh, YouTube are the two that lead. So I would suspect that many of you agree with that and are driven by what you see on the plethora of television sites. There's HBO Max, there's Apple Plus, there's Amazon Prime. It goes on and on and on. And so that is the, that's the future, and it has arrived. So radio like this, which is essentially a podcast that streams to... Yeah, ten, eleven thousand people every day, which is uh, good for us. I can't imagine that radio stations have that many listeners in a market like this, which is heavily ethnic and urban. The top radio stations, uh, the top ten, uh, seven, I believe, of the top ten are R and B, uh, hip hop, in some form or fashion. They lead the pack tremendously. Everybody else is lagging way behind. The one station that continues to be well-programmed and sounds really good is The River, WRVR. They sound good, and the ratings reflect that. Um, Ron Olson is still there. He's not dead. He's with uh, Karen Perrin. She's not dead, and they're good, and they're lighthearted, and it's fun. The rest of it is a mishmash of what's left, which ain't much. Even sports talk radio in a town with the NBA and a well-known college program doesn't do well at all. So um, it's a big transition. But I, 
Do either of you ever watch network TV for any reason? When you were going through the, when you were going through that, I thought, okay, what do we watch? We watch Wheel, not every night, but we'll all watch some of the local. Everybody news on that five. is an American citizen and a patriot watches Wheel. Heck Come on. yeah, man! Oops. And it's Sweethearts Week this week, so now you know I've watched it. And sometimes I will because it because something might come on after Wheel, and I might leave it on for a minute. I might watch part of some kind of game show like The Wall because it's questions. And if I can scroll through the commercials, I'm not going to sit there through the commercials. But that's about mm-hmm. it. That's about it, I think. Wesley? Uh, my U-verse box for the regular broadcast TV and cable isn't even hooked up to the television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Well, that I, says I keep it right it, there. Yeah. I keep it because <laughs> if I want to watch something on one of the big network's uh, streaming services that they have, yeah. Uh, one of one of their free ones with the commercials and so forth. Then they ask you, okay, give your local provider's TV name, and that's the then I put that in. So that's the only reason I, I keep paying for the service, which is just the bare bones basic of the cable. But uh, beyond, but uh, simply no. <laughs> like I said, not even yeah. connected to the TV. Well, that's uh, that sums it up. Now I know that uh, in this house. There are four TVs in operation. Um, my wife does not waver much. From, she watches Dateline or she tapes it. Oh, yeah, sometimes. Um, yeah. Always. Um, she watches some of the shows, CSI New Orleans. Uh, she watches things like that. Or she goes back and finds the old shows like Frasier or cheers and watches those things or uh, friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. But she's not really gotten with me into because I I watch so much uh, television with movies and with TV because the quality of it is just so much better. Uh, but she'd rather just watch some of the old favorites or she puts it on the game show network as background noise. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know how y'all out there in the world are watching your uh, TV shows, I would suspect you're doing it, like I just said, by watching the many choices out there for um, uh, for movies and for great TV. That's why it's making uh, Hollywood movies uh, irrelevant, and that's a dead issue. Many films are going to open up this year in theaters. They're already being teased for the fall. They'll open up, and then they'll um, be on your TV in about two weeks. So the Grammys, not the Grammys, the Oscars are coming up. The majority of these films are on various platforms, which you can look at now if you care to, because they're they're really good movies. I've watched two or three of them, and we'll get them all in by that time. I'll also tell you that um, Ted Lasso, one of the most popular shows that I didn't I uh, didn't buy into it. For a while, then I got Apple Plus because I had to see what it was. And it was a remarkable show. Two seasons so far. The third one is their last one, which is probably smart. Uh, I can't find the story here. But Ted Lasso is back, season three. I believe it was March 13th on Apple Plus. Uh, That is a Wednesday night, kind of a strange night to premiere a show. But that's when it's back. And Ted Lasso has won every award and and uh, for the Emmys the past couple of years because it's just really that good and it's unusual and it's funny and it's emotional and it's just everything. 
So Ted Lasso is coming back, as are a number of other things. Yeah, I want to tell you about, in a little bit, if you watched Homeland, as many people did, I mean, they were devoted fans. That was on four or five, six years. It ran, it was on after Dexter, I believe, which people also just watched in droves. Homeland tried to explain, it was about um, the Middle East and international intel and problems and and stuff, but it was in a longer form. It was more, more drawn out uh, with great actors and great storylines. There's a show on now that began, it was, it's shot in the Middle East and there are four seasons of it. It's called Fauda. Now, if you find the Middle East, which the problem is, is I don't understand the complexities involved in that part of the world. Pakistan, Israel, Iran, Iraq, Muslims against Jews. You know, I guess every war that's ever been staged is either over uh, territory and or religion. And this show, uh, are, those conflicts are based upon both. But this began as a small thing and is now one of the most popular shows around the world. And season four just came out. So we'll dig into that. A new movie coming out that Wesley can break down his observations on. It begins a new Marvel character that I hope to evolve out of Ant-Man. This is the third Ant-Man starring Paul Rudd, and mm-hmm. I saw the review last night, and that's coming up. So we have entertainment news, uh, a story about a band that was huge in their time, but they fell apart, but they may have made the right move in bringing back a member that was integral to all of their success. After he left, they went into the dumper. So there are those things. Wesley has some lifestyle stories about... Uh, what are the ones that I mentioned of uh, the habits making you irritable and yeah. the, and the uh, five things five to things. calm yourself down when when you Basically. wig? Okay, cool. We need those. So we'll get into all this stuff and anything you want to chime in on. We'd love to hear from you. Eight seven eight nine four two zero. People text us from all over the country, and uh, we can see where you're listening. And it goes what said from there are are different countries and different states that are yeah, tuned into this I- thing. Because the app is available everywhere in the world. Everywhere. And uh, we we looked yesterday, I don't know, California, um, Georgia, Mississippi, uh, I mean, all around here. But then, like, out in Vermont, there there were some listeners. And um, These must be people that used to be here and moved or something. Maybe so, Alabama. I'm looking right now. A a bunch in Arkansas. I mean, there... Everywhere. It's crazy. It's awesome. Thank you. Texas. Thank you. Holla. Uh, uh, Arkansas, Mississippi, (laughs) (laughs) and a couple of uh, other states, mainly in the South, the dumbest, most uneducated states in America. This list popped up yesterday. It is not encouraging. But if you live here, you already know that. Uh, We'll run down that list of the dumbest states in the nation, which is sad but true all of that's coming up and uh any text you got the ones for bill tomorrow now eight seven eight nine four two zero get those in so we have room to fit you in 
and we'll talk to him in the morning at 7.30. In the meantime, this is a tune that John Mayer, who has evolved into a fantastic artist and a grown man, once he sobered up and got off social media and out of the tabloids, um, he's been a, a different artist. He's um, something else. His album, Continuum, is one of the best albums by any artist as their, it wasn't his first album, but it was a incredible piece of work. Guy's a fine, fine songwriter. He wavered off of that for a minute to cover this song by Jimi Hendrix. It's really good. Following that is a great tune by the Eagles that, what, at 20 years old at least, that we all kind of forgot about, but it's still... 94. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a great tune. Mayer does Hendrix. This is Drake Digital. This is Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Keep up with the shows and podcasts at drakehallmemphis.com. Yeah, you do that. 878-9420 is how you contact the program. And text us and uh, ask Lawyer Bill questions tomorrow, which he is happy to answer. And we'll follow through on any news locally that is of import. Um, I'm going to look at some of this entertainment news and share, and I don't know what else we had, but uh, I have several things. We had this yesterday. Me and Sid both had uh, found this story. Is it surprising? Not, I don't know. Top 10 list for income in the entertainment business. The, the top 10 people. Now, I don't know why, and there's one woman on here. My first mm-hmm. guess was Rihanna, because oh, she's yeah. worth, worth a billion dollars. <clears throat> she's on, on here because I believe that a good part of her money, uh, she has a uh, makeup line, I was told. And so that is a big, she hasn't toured in seven years. So her her thing at the, at the uh, Superb Owl was her first onstage <laughs> gig in about seven years. If you haven't seen it, and Sid... You should find this and put it on Facebook because it wasn't on normal TV during her performance. What? The lady that signed her performance is outstanding and really, really cool. And this girl knew all the words. I don't know how long she rehearsed this, but she got into it physically to give those that can't hear... um, a chance to see and to feel what was happening on that stage. And she is animated and dancing and her hands are flying around. It's really, really cool. Hmm. You should find that. It's it's just great. She was probably um, dancing more than Rihanna since Rihanna is preg. Well, she was way <laughs> into it. Yeah, she she's preg. Yeah, I, I was... Uh, um, when she came out, you know, she was dressed in that red thing... Yeah. The first thing she did was grab her crotch. Now that know, from a chick that. is, I love when they do that. It's really <laughs> re- a great turn on. Grab your balls, honey. That's really a good yeah. look. These guys do it, and that's bad enough. But keep your hand off your private parts. <sighs> Not necessary. The list of people, how much does they have made. For the first time, the selling of an artist's uh, catalog is playing into their overall annual income. And it's going to keep on doing that. Uh, ten people, one of them was a woman. I'll let you 
ponder that while I run down the list. Uh, let's see here. Wesley should uh, guess if so, he hasn't seen this. So is this like the, the richest ever or just like how much they earned? 2022. Okay, how much they earned last year. Okay. Okay. Um, you want to uh, you want to try this or just let me do it because it's uh, I would uh, never have been able to do it. One woman and Taylor Swift. Yeah, that, yeah, yes. Oh my gosh! Wes. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you the album it. sales <laughs> and their revenue from streaming is how they make their money. She's been in the top ten six times and was number one in 2019. Genesis is number one this time. Wow. Why? Because they sold the rights to all their music for $300 uh -huh. million. Dollars. Okay. okay. Number two, uh -huh. Sting, for the same reason. Uh -huh. Tyler Perry at $175 million bucks for doing those awful movies over and over again. <laughs> People love Madea. Now, this cat, to his credit, though, has done some movies not and is a pretty good actor. But the Medea thing is for a certain audience, and it's made him a lot of money. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. They're the guys oh. behind South Park. Yeah. They also made a great deal of money on their Broadway play. The name oh, yeah. now escapes me. Um, the uh, Mormon... Yeah. Something. yeah. They made something. a buttload. James L. Brooks, who has been the producer and writer of some of the major films of our lifetime. Um, he is on the list. And Matt, Matt uh, Groening of The Simpsons fame. 105 million bucks tied with James L. Brooks. After that, I don't quite get this one. Because I can't name a hit this movie star has had for a long time. Brad Pitt. 100 million dollars. The Rolling Stones next at 98 million bucks. They have not as yet sold their catalog, have they? They no. should. Mm -mm. They're old. <laughs> they should. Um, <laughs> they have kids. You know, hell, Mick's got you know, small kids. Um, so they're on there. And James Cameron, the director of Avatars and all of that from last year, $95 million. And my boy, Bad Bunny, <laughs> mm -hmm. Love him, ranked tenth, eighty-eight million. I saw Bad Bunny on something, and before I I dissed him entirely, I watched him. He's was good. He good? I, I know. Uh, yeah. I know the name. I don't know the songs. He, he was good. So cool. Don't judge before you look, and then Taylor. judge all you want to. God, he sucks. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> so little Taylor Swift, ninety-two million. She's number nine on the list. Listen, wow. man, this little chick. No, she, she's a she's a a grown up, very <laughs> smart. Market. She's just a she's she's just smart. Her music. I need to devote an hour of my life to listening to some of her stuff. Um, uh, it's that's an oversight, but I'm just not in the right right demographic for her. But yeah, she's that's okay. she's I, she's on fire. I did that one time. I don't know if I devoted a full hour to it, and it was a couple of years ago. What yeah. I learned, though, is that I like her video, her music videos, a lot better than I like just hearing her music. Interesting point. Yeah, I've seen yeah. parts of videos, and they are clever and cute, and and kind of a story, aren't they? Kind, yep. Somewhat, and she, there's one, I guess the the most recent anti-hero or whatever it's called. And she's dressed up as all these different characters or something. Or I saw part of, of that. Or something. 
she's in some commercials and she's good at that. I would mm-hmm. guess that her next step is acting in movies because she has the skills to do it. And if Wes watches that and, and the uh, videos were more more vibrant and impressive, than the, the, it's mm-hmm. a whole new dimension. Once you can see it, mm-hmm. it changes your take on it. And that can be good sometimes and bad sometimes. Many of us grew up with no videos. That didn't happen until 1980, 81. Yeah. Uh, so August. we grew up with having the songs. They had to create the video in your mind. It was for you to to um, imagine a video if you wanted to. But then once MTV came out, it changed the way that we perceive the music and the song. Is that good or bad? It it changed the world, and it made stars out of bands that otherwise wouldn't have been stars because of these damn videos, which I guess now they still do them, but I don't know who plays them. I put MTV on one night in the background, and they play videos sometimes, some old and some new, and it was kind of refreshing. But There's, there's some channel that we have that shows different decades of MTV videos, and it's and it'll tell you and it's like an hour block of or a three hour block of 90s or 80s or some specific year and we were watching just for giggles one night or day and and it was just i was like oh my god that's awful and i remember that and it it was just awful duran duran and some of that stuff no duran duran's good this was awful well some of them (laughs) were like really awful and but some were really good and some artists um took that the usage of those things and used them for great benefit. Uh, Peter Gabriel made fantastic oh, yeah. videos. Um, there's a long, long list of people that, that did that. Um, and now we've been trained, I think, whether you like it or not. If I sit here for hours some nights and play music, I find myself eventually going to YouTube to watch videos of yeah. the music. Oh, there you go. So we've been conditioned to want to see what the song is interpreted uh, in that form. And it's sometimes good and it sometimes is bad. It just depends. But that's the world that we live in. All right, here's one. Bon Jovi, he was the cute beetle in the band. And, <laughs> and beyond that, I just never really found him that compelling. Um, some of the songs were for that era and that time and that form were good songs. The talent in that band, which I have raved about for years, Richie Sambora, he's the talent in the band. Mm-hmm. He looked good on stage. He played extremely well. He wrote the majority of the songs with John, and he's done some uh, solo work, which we play on the station. The guy is fantastic as a writer and a player. He's really good. But he had some issues with booze and coke and uh, who, who who hadn't been down that road? So he and John had a falling out, and he bailed um, in 2013, believe it or not, 10 years ago. After he bailed, this band went, um, went down. He tried a country album, which was a disaster. They keep touring and playing. But Sambora says, I don't see why there's any reason I couldn't go back at this point. Uh, John's having a hard time with his voice, which we, if you all saw that uh, video where they 
he was singing on stage and it was not run through any processing and it sounded like he was either um, addled, which he wasn't, but he couldn't sing. He was way off key and sounded like something was, was wrong with him. Um, so he's having a hard time with that. So if Sambora came back to sing along with him, it might bolster the entire process. Not that I have any great desires to hear new new stuff by John <laughs> Bon Jovi, but if Sambora signs back on, Maybe that gives them a second life in this world. I don't know, but we can find out. All right, here's one for Wesley to expound upon, although he hasn't seen seen this uh, movie because uh, nobody has. I don't think it's out yet. Nope. Ant-Man is a somewhat ironic choice for a very, very big job is the opening line. The next phase of Marvel movies, this is referred to, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania works on one key level to establish Kang the Conqueror as a formidable and worthy villain. Yet, with its plunge into inner space, Ant-Man comes up short in almost every way that matters. That's one writer's opinion. Is Ant-Man, because that's Paul Rudd. I don't think superhero when I think Paul Rudd. (laughs) I think, you know, funny guy, you know, wise-ass, likable as heck. As an actor. Right. But is but he, how do he come it, off as, as Ant-Man? He, I, I bought into it uh, well into the first film that he was in as Ant-Man because of the way they structured the story and the character and that his iteration of Ant-Man, it fits him just perfectly well because he, he doesn't take himself really too seriously for the most part. And neither does the character as they've written it. Uh, so it, it's a good fit. It matches and, and it works great. What is his power? What do he, he has, do? He has a suit and the power is in the suit and he can uh. shrink to really, really small sizes. And the idea is that he, when he does that because of superhero magic stuff, he make, is extra strong. Uh, hence the name Ant, uh, Ant-Man. Okay. Right, because he shrinks down like to the size of an ant, or smaller, or uh, thereabouts. And in the first movie, they had they established that there's a helmet that can let him sort of empathically communicate with ants and, and influence them. That hasn't been much followed up on. <laughs> but see, now that, that, now that's a storyline, by gosh. That all goes back, though, to when this character first appeared as when a different character was in the suit of ant-man and called himself ant-man and in the comics in a movie or just in in the the comics comics. and and that's over the years this guy hank pym was ant-man and then they the editors at marvel did a lot with him he became a giant man he became back and forth they and things changed a lot and he eventually ditched the whole role and a different guy uh picked it up so that different guy became like the second Ant-Man, and that's the sort of setup that they've done for the for the films. Is it so, a um, Ryan Reynolds-esque sarcastic performance? No, no, it's not not nearly in like that. It's not self-aware like Deadpool is. Okay, well we'll see. All yeah, right, uh, uh, coming up there is some more entertainment um, news. I want to tell you about this show Fauda though. Um, a friend of mine suggested that I watch this, 
And I think I watched the first season because it came out, I'm thinking like 09 maybe, and I passed. And the fourth season came out earlier this year. And she said, this is really intense. I like intense. And I like the action uh, and stuff and the storylines. This is a Middle Eastern drama. And intense doesn't begin to cover it. And the background of the actor who writes it and is the lead actor is also remarkable. And he has moved along to another series that's on Netflix. Uh, But Fauda is... If you find, you know, war games and uh, intrigue of an international nature in the Middle East, I could read books about this and look at maps and never figure out the complicated nature of the endless wars and conflict over those people, about religion, especially territory and how it comes off. But if you like intrigue and lots of killing and shooting and uh, snipers and drones and chasing down of the bad people. It is unbelievable. And I'm in the fourth season now after beginning with season, with, uh, season one, show one, maybe three weeks ago. Um, I can't stop watching it. It is it is fascinating. So we'll run that, that down to you in a bit. And some more big names in the news like Brett Favre. The national media has not touched this story yet, but Brett Favre has lashed back at the story about taking money inappropriately from Governor Phil Bryant. Phil Bryant has not been mentioned at all. He, I guess, lawyered up, but the FBI was coming to check him out for the dispensation of $90 million that was set aside for poor families. And Mississippi doesn't care about no poor families or black people. That's just in their thing. So they pissed away all the money and gave it away to people like Brett Favre to build a complex for his daughter to play soccer in or something. That's being a bit of a wise-ass, but nonetheless, that was the basic gist of the story. And why somebody hasn't hung by their feet for this is a crime. And now Favre is going to lash back. It's 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 embarrassing that somebody hasn't fried Phil Bryant's ass. He didn't do a gosh damn thing for eight years except give out money and favors. But that's how this works, right? Uh, We'll come back and uh, bitch some more in a minute. Uh, any comments? Eight seven eight nine four two zero. Forget them, people. Let's play some great music. Here is the wicked one. I'm telling you, this guy, he was up there with uh, with uh, James Brown in my book. One of the best. The wicked one. Wilson Pickett. This is Drake Digital. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. In a minute, we're going to look at some other uh, some things. One of these things that is extremely funny um, is room, is how you looked at your life in the twenties and then in your in your thirties and how quickly things change. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the late sixties, what was the saying? Never trust anyone over thirty. <laughs> Remember that? Well, <laughs> I would say it. don't trust anybody over <laughs> seventy. Um, <laughs> John Mellencamp uh, once said at an award show or in some some article that a man doesn't know anything until he's 40. At the time, he was about 42 or 3. I would say, eh, let's say 50, maybe. <laughs> it's a never-ending process. Uh, so I have some of those tweets coming up, and Wesley has some interesting uh, looks 
at various um, lifestyle things, and Sid's got other stuff. Sid has tweets before we go into uh, some of these other people in the news. Somebody says, two shows that are really enjoyable on CBS Thursday night are Ghosts and So Help Me Todd. They say that's all we watch on network TV, but they're great. Hmm. And I've seen trailers um, for both. Sometimes they are. And I, I just uh, blanked on, and I also misspoke about some of the shows. Blacklist is one of the best things I've ever seen oh, on network God, yeah. TV. Yep. Nine seasons. I've watched all of them. And season 10 begins this fall. That's an incredible wow. piece of work. Uh, and there's a show, and I can't think of what it is, because one of the guys that was on Blacklist, he was a doctor. Um, he's on this oh, show that's Tom? been on. The guy who yeah, was Tom? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and my wife may text me. I don't know show, though. Moment now. It's a doctor show. Yeah. Too many doctor shows, but it's on, what's this damn thing called? It's really, the. it seems to be really good. So I may get into that, but I haven't yet. But uh, thank you for those tips. What else? Yeah, that show is great. Vicky says, the only network show we watch is Wheel of Fortune. When Pat and Vanna retire, I'm not sure if we'll even continue to watch that. P.S. Once you all become world famous, I hope you don't forget us little people. Smiling face. We've already <laughs> forgotten you, so <laughs> no. it doesn't really matter. Thank you, Vicky. And if we aren't world famous by now, then it, it ain't going to happen. So. <laughs> uh, Polly says, I have oh, basic... And, t- and on that note, ma'am, we had a, we discussed this last night when uh, when Pat and Vanna were on. Um, first of all, we mentioned that she probably, in the annals of time and entertainment, has had the easiest gig of anybody in show business ever. Yeah. And once oh, Pat yeah. retires, now yeah. if you've noticed, on occasion Pat's daughter mm-hmm. um, is on there. So I wonder if she's being groomed. Because I saw one of those uh, tabloidian little headlines about uh, that that Vanna is done and and uh, plans to retire. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine why Pat is Pat seventy five, close. Maybe looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But Pat will not keep on doing this. And just imagine, you know, having to uh, replace uh, Trebek on Jeopardy was hard enough. How do you find anybody to ever replace Pat Sajak? I just can't imagine how that... He signed on for three years, I think, last year. But if Vanna bails, I guarantee you that if Pat's still there, the new Vanna will be his daughter. But we'll see as that yeah. goes along. She's she does their social media stuff, and I think he's seventy six. I just looked it up. Jeez. Um, mm. Yeah, it's such a good show. Polly says I have basic TV on which Channel Five does not exist, but I love CBS Sunday Morning. Sometimes oh, I'll yeah. watch local news, but uh, I've come to believe that it's on a permanent loop. So then I yeah, <laughs> so then exactly. I go to my Fire Stick, which Horrible. has many free movie channels. The coolest thing is that I can always turn on Drake Digital because yeah, you can. Hear us. Uh, you can use your Fire Stick and hear us if you're an, an Amazon. Because we're on TuneIn, which you get free TuneIn if you're an Amazon customer, and you can so you can listen through the TV. Ding. Hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm um, I just keep waiting for local news and national news to have some kind of a paradigm shift. 
they can't continue to do this barrage of horrible news interspersed with some cute story about a puppy or it 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 doesn't work anymore it's horrible and i don't know who watches it they cater to a certain segment of this society depending upon what city you live in it's a bit different and the content can be different but uh, if it bleeds it leads and that really gets tiresome and i don't know who it is that finds that to be newsworthy it's just not news when a place burns down in Whitehaven. It's not. These shootings and stabbing, it's not news. And the more they promote and provoke and poke this bear, I think it perpetuates the problem even more. It's, it's awful. It's just awful. And it is not the on-air people's fault. They, like radio, are stuck in a rut and don't know how to get out of it. And it's impossible to watch. Mm. Impossible. Uh, and Philip. CBS Sunday Morning, one of the most well-produced shows of all so time. Yep. I'm usually asleep. My wife watches it and says that she's not having a harder time because it leaves her in tears every week over some I story. Oh. Every week. Yeah. Emotion. Uh, Phillips. Philip sends a picture of Ant-Man in the ocean uh, towering over a boat, and, and he says he can also get large, Wes. Oh, yeah, that's that's true, <laughs> and no puns. Um, uh, if he's an uh, ant, though, that's, a, that's an awful tiny wiener. Somebody, oh, somebody asked, where the, what is the name of the candle store you go to in New Orleans again? I ordered uh, a bunch. They're going to be here today. Uh, go to the website, Orleans, Orleans Home Fragrances. Yes. They're the best candles, and I've bought Aromatique over the years. Um, but these 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 Orleans 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 uh, candles are the best ever. And Orleans Home Fragrances fragrances has they have big ones. I I buy the votives. They have a number of different flavors, if you will, about twenty of them, and they're three bucks a piece, and they're pretty cheap. And I buy them about once a month, and they're always burning in this house. They're the best I've ever bought. Orleans yeah, Home delicious. Fragrances. A couple more. This person says two things. Y'all need to watch. The, did you ever watch Big Sky on ABC, the CJ Box, based on the CJ Box series? No, because I have a vision. This is kind of like when you hear a song and you wonder, do I want to watch the video? Because I have my own vision of what oh, the right, song right. would look like in my mm -hmm. head. Do I want to watch a video and mess that up? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, with C.J. Box or Ace Atkins or any of these people that we read, I don't. I have a picture of Joe Pickett and of Nate Romanowski, and I don't want to mess that up. In the casting for that show, Nate Romanowski, who is one of the best best characters in American fiction. In a long time, um, he's a white guy. He's a renegade. Uh, he has a long blonde ponytail. He's an outdoorsman. He's a killer. He's a falconer. He's a badass mofo. In the t in the casting for the TV show, he is a black guy, which is fine in this land of diversity and need to be 
have everybody of every race and creed in everything that we do. He may be good, and I have heard he is. I don't see it like that. And I don't need a change in that. Or am I being close-minded? I don't know. Wow. I just, I, I, I don't want to. I got Joe Pickett in my mind. I got Nate in my mind and their families. And I don't want to mess that up. I, I, I don't know. I just don't find it interesting when you want to change the entirety of character looks and character profiles and how they are. I just, I'll pass. Once they've already been established in the you. book. Uh, the Doctor Show is uh, New Amsterdam, based on a true That's story, it. they said. It's great. Can't stop watching. I, I saw two trailers and went, huh, this looks pretty good. But there's no cussing and no killing. So, eh, I don't know. I like Tom, though. Um, and Jeremy from South Haven wonders how you spell the show you were talking about a minute ago, the Middle East War Show. Okay, let me, spell it? let me run this down to you. Uh, F-A-U-D-A. Fauda. Now, this... Um, where did I put my story? Uh, let me find this. Where did it go? <laughs> okay, now I'm going to have to wait till I get to this because I'm not going to... Okay. <laughs> uh, this came on television. It began on some small streaming service... The first season was, uh, let me see here, uh, 2015 on the channel called Yes in Israel Only. It went global in the process, ended up on Netflix season one, and I'm not sure when that came on, I guess a couple of years later. Fast forward to season four, and I don't know how to explain this. Um, Fauda is, um, the word means chaos, chaos. And the times that the word has been used in the show are maybe two or three. And it usually involves one person, one of these people who is a, a security person or a secret service or military, and they're getting um, beaten up by a bunch of people and they call that a fauda. And it's not on a grand scale, it's on an individual scale. Now, this TV show, and I saw this guy interviewed by Seth Myers, and he does a, a, a fine job with those interviews. The guy that is the star of it is just magnificent. And and I the gosh damn story has, come on, pop up here, you piece. Um, this just pisses me off to no end. Uh, let me get back to this. I'm not going anywhere, so be still. Well, um, okay. Okay, get up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy that is the star of the show and the writer, his name is Lior, L-I-O-R, Raz, R-A-Z. And he was, in his previous life, a member of the military, secret service, he was in the middle of all the wars and the conflicts in real life. And he had an idea for a show like this called Fauda. And it ended up with him uh, being asked to play the lead role. He wasn't an actor at all. But they convinced him to go to uh, New York 
and work with some actor training and do it. And he did. You would never know the guy is a fledgling new actor because he's really good and very intense. Now, if you understand the workings of the Middle East, which I do not, but now I feel a little bit more well-versed in why this is one of the hot spots of all time for war and conflict in the world based upon religion and territory, which most wars are fought about. So they're in their fourth four season now. The shows are about a half hour normally. <clears throat> and it's the ongoing um, the uh, conflict. It's, it's in uh, Palestine is where this team works. Um, um, Doran is his name in the show, D-O-R-O-N. He has a team of people with him, four or five or six, and some of them um, are killed during the process as they are hunted down by the Muslims because they're all Jewish. And so they're hunting down the Muslims to kill them, and so the fun never stops. The action sequences and the way that it's shot and done is incredible. I don't know how they did it. Now, uh, the fourth season, as each season, it's, it gets more intense and more, more uh, advanced as they kill off one of the bad guys um, trying to kill them. There are suicide bombers. There are snipers. The action never stops. And they kill one of the bad guys and somebody else pops up. It's the ongoing, you know, whack-a-mole thing. But it is, it's impossible to stop watching once you start it. It's, he's, he's incredible. And he played that role in real life is why it's so compelling, I think. And took some acting lessons. And the guy is just, now he, all, now when, he also, in between the shooting of Fauda Seasons, is in a show called Hit and Run. Hmm. And you can look up the interview with him and uh, Seth Meyers. And it's on YouTube. And the guy is the real deal. And um, is just great. But a Hit and Run is a similar plot line, I think. I have not watched it yet. It, it was in 2021. It was one season. And part of it was shot in New York with a bigger budget, but it's really interesting. It's educational and it emphasizes though, to me that how complex the battles and conflicts are in that part of the country. And they always have been and always will be, but it's, it's Jordan and it's not, not Syria, but um, everything else in between. It really is something else. And the action, if, if you want action and emotion, Fauda, F-A-U-D-A. Go ahead. On Netflix. Sounds good. 8789420, that's what we got right now. I want to add something on Amazon Prime. We started the terminal list. I think I might have texted you about it. It's Chris Pratt, and he's a Navy SEAL, and we cannot stop watching it. Taylor Kitsch is good. in it. Constance Wu, Riley Keough, Lisa Marie's daughter, is in it. And it's it, it came out, I guess, last year, but we can't stop watching that. Um, Navy SEAL... Uh, ambush. I don't want to say anymore. It's good. Oh, it's good. Uh, we have some kind of an attraction to shows like that. Um, you know, Homeland was a was a huge hit, and it was a Middle Eastern based thing. Uh, the agents for the CIA 
uh, Carrie, whatever her name was. I can't think of her name in real life. And uh, Mandy Patinkin, and it was a, and F. Murray Abraham. It was a long-form, drawn-out plot process. In Fauda, they accomplish their missions in four or five episodes, and they transfer on to another plot line mm-hmm. within the season. Uh, but Homeland went on, and it was a bit longer. It was a hell of a show. But uh, but we seem to be drawn to Navy SEAL stuff, um, military operations, international intel, and killing. I don't know why we do, but um, but we're drawn to that. And it's there are shows after shows that, that have that in the midst of it, but... It's intriguing to watch some of this stuff because mm-hmm. it's based upon real life. Mm-hmm. They say that that uh, Fauda is really not based upon his life story, but he brings parts of what he's already done in real life to the show. And the, you, you just can't take your eyes off this guy and the cast around him. One of the, one of the odd parts about the show, you can choose... Um, Various languages. Um, I watch it English with the uh, subtitles because they are speaking um, in different languages. And when they speak in English, what the closed captioning is saying is not necessarily what the actor is saying. So the it's they somehow have lost it in the uh, translation and. On the screen, the words will say, you're a really good guy, dude. But what the guy has just said was, I love you, bro. So they, they, they don't match up, but it's the same <laughs> message. And then they speak in tongues, and that's also closed captioning. But you can't watch it without that. Otherwise, you'd be entirely lost. Oh, Lord, yeah. I was going to ask you that. Uh, but it's, uh, it's just really... The other show I would tell you that I have not seen a show like this with the promotion behind it in a long time. It's on Peacock, and it is called Poker Face. And it's um, it stars the girl that was in Russian Doll, Natasha Leone. She is wonderful. And Russian Doll had two seasons. It was a really weird show uh, about this girl that keeps dying but she wakes up every time the next day and wonders what has happened. It's a bit confusing and intricate, uh, but she's in this show called Poker Face on Peacock, and she plays a girl, a lady, who can tell without fail if somebody is lying or not. And the episodes are all different, and they use a process I've never seen before on any show. The show begins, and she has big-name stars in almost every episode. The show will start for the first, let's say, 10 minutes. The crime is committed. And then they take a break. Uh, there, there are some spots in it, but they're always pretty short. They come back, and they rerun the opening scene. But this time, she's a character in it. And in the opening parts of the show, when the crime is done, she is not used and she, she, she's not in the scenes, but she has been in the environment, in the building, in the, and so 
they run it back from her perspective. And she can tell exactly who killed who and who's lying. Poker face. It's really good. I like that actress. She's a, she is, she's, she's so cute and she's like this little, little elfin person (laughs) and she, she has a heavy kind of a Brooklyn accent and it's heavier in Russian doll. Um, but she just has this real street kind of presence and she's smart and she's just great. So many choices, man. Too many TV shows, Mm -hmm. but, uh, there you go. Wes, what are you watching? Uh, right now, I'm working my way through some of the older stuff on HBO Max that I didn't get to see the first time around, so I'm working through the uh, Titans TV show based on the comic and the Doom Patrol show. But they've both been canceled, so I'll be able to have a complete oh. uh, viewing at some point when I get through the uh, couple of seasons they each have. And here on TV is the Ted Lasso Season 3 teaser. And that's back mm-hmm. on Apple Plus in the middle part of March. And that is one of the, that's, that, that is the show that made Apple Plus TV. And it's really good too. So there you go. A lot of things to entertain you with. You got books, you got TV, you got music. The things that save our lives from the drudgery of the rest of our lives. On that note, I have the, a list of the top jobs and people that the people are the happiest in, um, Happiest jobs of this year, the top five most satisfying careers, according to experts. Hmm. We'll look at those and uh, the five things method to calm yourself down. And these habits are making you more irritable. I want to hear about these. We have that in a moment after. Speaking of working, here's Huey and the news. This is Drake Digital. Listen to the Drake Digital shows and podcasts available all the time at drakecallmemphis.com. Drake Digital, playing the best rock and roll ever made. Lawyer Bill tomorrow, 878-9420 for text about uh, your, your, your legal woes and answers from an attorney for free, which is a beautiful thing. And that's tomorrow with Lawyer Bill, Bill Jones, the Jones Law Firm. Uh, we're going to try to get to some more of this stuff today. We have various stories about various things, and we are going to get in as much as we can. We'll save the others for later if we have to. I still want to get to the uh, funniest tweets that sum up your 20s and your 30s. It's it's pretty dang amusing. By the way, the Blacklist Season 10 returns February 23rd. That's next week. So if you're behind on that, you need to get caught up. Because season nine, shows that go on that long can maybe sometimes drag it out too far and it gets dull. Not in this case. Not for a second. Raymond Reddington is still one of the best characters on network TV or anywhere else ever. James Spader is a... is something else. And the entire cast is there and... It's good, and season 10 is on the way. Perhaps that is the last season of it. So Blacklist is back. Ted Lasso is back. And now we want to present, um, and I'm going to use this, I'm going to use her because some politicians are, uh, that you just hate them because of their attitudes and because of their approach to their job, which is to serve their 
the people that put them in office to help make policy, to help their county, their city, their state, their national government, the Fed. But some of them are so egregiously stupid and or mean and or annoying that they deserve their own special moment. I speak of, you know, Marjorie Taylor Trailer Trash Green and her newest utterance of remarkable stupidity. The show must go on. <laughs> so perfect. GOP representative and moron, Miss Green from Georgia. You can fade that out slowly. Has called President Biden absolutely pathetic for refusing to shoot down a Chinese spy balloon that was flying over the United States of America. There's been four in eight days. She's uh, the Pentagon directed this operation and in all cases wanted to get it away from areas with people in them where the debris might have hurt somebody. What they're finding in these things, which in some cases are not balloons, is equipment uh, that weighs a ton or two. They can't figure out how they're up in the air because they're not really uh, balloons. But there's been a rash of this, and people are not talking about it much because uh, they're not sure what to say and who to blame yet. But the funny part and the entertainment value is in her comment, comparing this, this a balloon thing to something else. She spoke to some crowd, and uh, the balloon factor, this was, I guess, on Sunday or Saturday. It was flying over, and the, well, they, the one they shot down was over Lake, Lake Huron up in Michigan. She called Biden pathetic for not shooting down the spy balloon over the U.S., saying in comparison that nobody on the ground was killed when the hijacked flight number 93 crashed in Pennsylvania during the attacks of 9-11. Pause. Think about what she just said. Uh-huh. Seriously? I think that I think that what you just said, Sid, is the... I had to read it twice. Seriously? She compared the balloon for them waiting to shoot it down over safe space to that airplane crashing into the ground, killing everybody and not hurting anybody on the ground to this balloon being shot down. This is what you're dealing with with American politics and some of these politicians. And she has no more business being in that position than my dog does. She's an embarrassment. The balloon was shot down by an F-22 jet. That was February 4. So we've had, what, four and eight days. Yeah. But they wanted to wait till they got it past areas where people were. The Pentagon waited and then passed the order along and they shot it down. So that was her and, view, that well, she compared it to the airplane going down and nobody got hurt on the ground. Jesus, uh, God. 
and and this was no way that uh, no matter which way it went that the criticisms would have flown because if they had shot it down right there and no one was harmed then it would be he shot it down recklessly endangering american yep. lives it's just yep. lucky no one got killed exactly yep. right and if he sh- she she continues the excuses that were given on this were pathetic says this genius they told us it was too risky Oh, it was too risky to shoot down a Chinese spy balloon? Do you know what a bunch of bullshit that is? Honey, look in the mirror. The, 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 the word bullshit ought to be written on your forehead in a sharpie. The crowd, which I assume were her fans, were stunned silent. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so her new butt buddy, Kevin McCarthy, who uh, she had him by the balls. So he committed to put her back on two committees. So she is a major part of the governing bodies within our government and is making decisions and doing stuff you would think that have some importance. And she says stupid shit like this every day. And it got her back in the news and on the media. She yes. learned well from her hero, the lovely orange one. <laughs> Way to compare. Does anybody have any gosh damn sense anymore in politics? You're you're not doing what you were elected to do. Thank you, Georgia, for MTG. She's a treat. It's it's sad that you have to say thank God they were stunned silent, but thank God they were stunned silent. I know. Uh, it, <laughs> I don't care about, I mean, my emotion for politics, uh, either party, these people, um, the only emotions that I can ever muster, which is a really bad place to be, is disgust and concern and disdain for how remarkably unequipped they are to do this job. They aren't trying to make policy and do things right and help this country or their people. They're trying to get on Twitter and on social media and on news sites. They're busy being stars. And she is the most egregiously guilty one of the current time. Nobody else says shit that stupid. They get close. (laughs) But um, but now that she has got Mr. McCarthy right where she wants him, no one's and nobody in that party or either party calls her out for any of this. I don't care what you believe in, if you're D, if you're R, if you are a true Republican, good for you. Used to be a bunch of decent, intelligent, compromise worthy, talk things out find the answer people not anymore it's a it's a fight it's a culture war and there it's a it's really a bad scene which makes it terrifying to watch that these assholes are in charge on, on either side they say and do stupid stuff but man she's the champion of the past six months Anita texted I swear that bitch licked lead paint as a kid <laughs> oh, that's yeah. After she was done licking 
Kevin McCarthy's. Uh, oh. All right. Uh, these habits is making you more irritable, says yeah. Wes. Yep, this is. Is a... it possible to be more irritable? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's always possible. We can always okay. be more irritable. Well, Let's I'm try trying it. to be not 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 irritable, but then I have to read about this broad. <laughs> or go to Walgreens where it's screwed up. I'll go to Walgreens and, it, <laughs> and just show my ass like a like a complete douche. Sorry, Walgreens, but you know, wake up, people. All right, go ahead. All right, habits that are making you more irritable. It's just a couple of them. Not going outside all day. Being outside helps you a it lot. Do. Yeah, it does. The absence of natural light upsets your uh, circadian rhythms, and getting outside just helps. Skipping lunch makes you more irritable. Your blood sugar drops. Your body tries to bring it back up, and you get all heart hangry. Your heart, yeah, hangry. How That's, about breakfast, though? It doesn't say skipping uh, breakfast. Breakfast uh, sets the tone for your entire body for the day. But some folks don't live eight to five anymore and work right. that way and get up at six. So I mean, lunch may be your first meal. Yeah. Well, or you know, then you can call it breakfast if you wanted. If it's just your and first then meal. for lunch you need some chili cheese fries and a large big gulp and you're good to go. <laughs> Let's see other things that are making you more irritable: being overly responsive to your phone. You get uh, they yep. say the figure uh, is much higher than the. Uh, average of 46 times per day they say it's uh this is a study committed uh, taken in 2015 by deloitte i uh, no, sorry reviews.org uh three four 344 times per day is with uh when most how often most people check their phones for something and the distractions divert attention and concentration you start feeling overwhelmed that there's so much out there and then why don't you learn to put it down? Down, yes. Mm-hmm. Mine is on Do Not Disturb eternally. Uh, it's on D&D. I check it to see if my kids have called, either of you have called. Beyond that, I have a few friends that I communicate with. It's turned off around the clock. I set the alarm just in the morning in case I happen to get to sleep. Uh, to make sure that, that I don't oversleep, I turn it off then. Uh, but it is turned on Dungeons and Dragons all the time, <laughs> yes. and I do not look at it. <laughs> and when it's turned on to D and D, even texts don't light up the phone. So, for goodness' sake, do yourself a big favor: turn this thing off or it, and check turn- it when you need to for your family. Right, you don't need it to ding or buzz every time someone you know posts on Facebook or Instagram right. or any place else. God, I, I would go and every say. news item that comes up. You yeah. don't need you 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 have time to check it later. It's fun. yeah. I have it set though to ding whenever there's a, a new mass shooting because I love those. Mm. Oh well, good. Uh, it's so your bingo sad. card. Memphis, I mean, a Michigan State. God oh, Almighty. Oh, God, it's awful. Other uh, couple things making you irritable, reading or watching emotionally draining stuff before bed. It stays on your mind, affects your mood. (laughs) That's why I have dreams about uh, shooting and killing in the Middle East. Um, Because I I tried for a while, and I still do, to watch something that is funny before I pass out. So I won't go to sleep with, with visions of heads blowing up and stuff. 
I'll tell you again, and said in her, uh, she just began to watch Kunk on Earth on Netflix. If you don't find this to be laugh out loud hysterical, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, how many shows did y'all watch, Sid? I think we've seen like three, or yeah, at least three. It's hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. It is. It is absurdist humor, uh, in the British style. This this gal, her name is Kathy, something, but she was on um, Afterlife mm-hmm. with Mister uh, Gervais, and she played the character Kath, who was dry and lonely and and, and, and kind of sad. She began to do this character on the BBC on a show some years ago in little short segments. So it was so popular that they fleshed it out and they do five half-hour shows. And she discusses the beginnings of Earth from the cavemen to the present day. And she's she's wrong about everything. The funniest parts, in some cases, she interviews experts and professors and scientists and such, depending upon the topic. And they know that this thing is a mockumentary. They don't know what she plans to ask them. And some of the funniest moments are the looks on their faces when she asks them something totally uh, ridiculous. Yeah, um, unrelated. Unrelated or- entirely. Um, <laughs> it's It will make you laugh, I promise. Kunk, C-U-N-K, on Earth, on Netflix. It is fantastic. Carry on. Uh, last one of these uh, things that make you irritable drinking too close to bedtime doesn't help me yeah. sleep better uh, it can make you pass out but it uh, <laughs> doesn't help you later on as as your sleep tries yeah. to, you know, to no. continue so yeah. yeah drinking right before bed not a good idea that's so a lesson basic. learned the, the hard yeah. way you you just need to cut it out I I don't know how how old you are what your tolerance is when you're younger, you can do it every night because uh, you're bulletproof. But I'll tell you, as you get older, uh, you can't do it. Don't kid yourself. Um, I just I I can't do it and haven't done anything in over a month just to clean the body out. And I'll tell you that when you back off of it entirely, you have more energy. You think much more clearly, and you feel better. Not to say that I'm I'm not going to have you know some some beers once you know spring comes, but sure. taking a break sometimes uh, oh, yeah. is a yeah. good idea. So there but you that, go. You know, That's... But doing you know two fingers of good bourbon before you crash may not be the smartest idea. That's Wine, what I, I, I don't know, but same thing. It's still, still yeah. the alcohol. Uh, none of it. it yeah. It, so. it just doesn't help. It, but man, it just. It, it just makes your depression and your anxiety worse. I guarantee you. True. And Eat some yogurt skip, instead and watch something funny before you crash. If I skip lunch, you better not freaking call me because I'm going to go off on you because I'm so damn hangry. And that's the truth. <laughs> you don't go off on anybody. You're, you're one of the nicest people I've ever known. Well, I've never seen you, you be a, be a biatch, um, I don't think. Because you're too nice. Well, not to and you're too nice. And you need to start being an asshole a lot more. Well, we need to, just you, come to my you, house and you'll see me in action. We need to see you come out this year as a complete D. Okay. Okay, I won't eat. And then talk to me. Okay. No, seriously, though. It's just like when you go to the store hungry. 
you you buy way too much. You're if you oh, yeah. when, if if I anyway skip lunch, I can have a big breakfast, like because it's early. But if I skip lunch and I have to go run an errand or do something, I'm effed if I don't have money to go gr- grab something or ha- take something in the car. It really didn't used to affect me in my 30s or 40s. Now, oh my gosh, I can't take it. It's, it, it's I don't, I've never had anxiety until I skip lunch now in well, my 50s. I, I, yeah, it's but, crazy. But think about the schedules that we're on and other people are on. In the morning, we're up by 5 o'clock at least. Yeah. I eat an English muffin with peanut butter on it. I got a banana right here, an apple, and a hard-boiled egg. That's the breakfast. That's good. That's and, good then the, and then at a lunchtime, now Wes changed how, how he eats entirely. At, at lunchtime, I have some soup maybe and a sandwich, something like that. And at night, we eat a you know real meal. Um, but Wes turned his around entirely yeah, I, I, and lost I have, about 120 pounds. <clears throat> no, well, no, I lost 40 pounds. No. And over oh, the holidays, I got great. off program and I gained like 10 of them back. But uh, yeah, hey, so I mean, so what? <laughs> I how did you a, lose? Because I, I, how did you, what'd you do? I the I, protein for breakfast. So I have like three eggs and some sausage, and that's breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, do some exercise before I eat lunch, which is like a half hour of walking. And then. Lunch is the big meal. Lunch is basically anything you want that's not sugary. And so we I go all out on, on the lunches. And then mm-hmm. uh, dinner is light, a little bit of meat, some vegetables, and again, nothing sweet. And that's really it. Yeah, I've tried to that cut out good. the sweet, but um, Ellie May, we, we get pretty festive around here. For this. We had a... Nice Valentine's Day with cards and and uh, and uh, flowers and just general sweetness, which is very nice. And she made a um, a heart shaped cake, and then Aww. I guess she pulled a can of some kind of frosting out of the cupboard, and she put it. She said, "This tastes like this is tastes like ass." <laughs> um, so she made a different approach to it and put some little bitty people. Anyway, she put it in the fridge, this heart-shaped cake, parts of it. And I go, I use it, the last thing I eat at night is yogurt full of blueberries and strawberries and that kind of stuff. But at 2 o'clock this morning, I woke up with a start. Oh. And I would have eaten, and whatever was sweet was going to be it uh, with some milk. And I walked in there, and I haven't seen her much yet this morning, but I... Um, I tended. I cut it to pieces, and I was going to say, how much is left? <laughs> I oh no, I, I I cut off two little pieces, and she had these little little balls of cake and chocolate on top of it, and so I just kind of picked on three or four of those, maybe. Oh, but usually, God. I run from <laughs> sugar like the, I, I don't I don't do it in most cases, but sometimes you just have that craving. And there's a there's there's some kind of a supplement that that you can take to kill that that craving, hmm. but I don't eat I don't eat, eat that crap anymore. So I need, I'll just try Wes's plan. I eat too, I eat too much dinner. That's my problem, and and we eat at like seven, so we eat late and I eat too much dinner. I need to eat. I'll tell you one little bed hungry 
trick that I, I, I can't do that. Um, digestive enzymes. You can buy them. Wholesale Nutrition has them. Um, if you eat these things before you eat, uh, it eliminates the feeling of being too full and, and of bloating, and they really work. Um, so I take one of those before lunch and dinner. It also helps your your system move things through you, too. There are many ways to make yourself feel better if you'll give it a shot. And it's a lot easier to be clear-headed and sharp because life is hard enough without feeling like crap anyway. Mm-hmm. So do your best. Um, what time is it? I'm going to do these real quick, and we're going to play you a song. We can save some of it. We have tons of content, um, but we're going to save some of this. And Lawyer Bills tomorrow, 8789420 for William. He'll be on tomorrow. Um, we have that song that I found this morning that we're going to play because it caught me by surprise. And what time is it? It doesn't matter what time it is. Um, we're going to play that and come back and do one more break. There's a new book coming out by somebody who you, I don't know. I, I'm surprised by sometimes like when, uh, uh, Chris McVie from Fleetwood Mac died. And I was amazed by how many people did not know her name and didn't know who she was. They knew Stevie and Lindsay they have no idea probably who, who uh, plays bass. That's John McVie, her ex-husband. But Chris McVie is the one that wrote the majority of those songs along with uh, Stevie, and she died late last year, and people didn't know her damn name, which I thought was really an interesting thing that, that you just don't look into it. Elton John, one of the most famous artists of our lifetime, uh, has a partner. Not his husband, David Furnish, and their two fine children, but a partner that writes. And uh, I'll tell you about his his uh, book that is coming out, because their process is remarkable and it's hard to understand. But people don't really get the fact that Elton hasn't written a word, I don't think, in any of his songs ever. He does the music. In the meantime, uh, we found this song, or I went in search this morning of some new tunes because we find we try to find um, new bands and new things to play for you on the station. And I got a list going this morning. Um, let me pull this up just real quick. Because we put in these new songs by bands you've never heard of just because they sound like they fit. And they do. Um, what did I find this morning that Wes is going to put in today? Um, come on. Move. Oh. That whole list of your uh, yeah. four songs? No, did, did I send it to you? No, I, I, I didn't yet. Um, <laughs> Dave Matthews Band has has a new tune. We'll play it for you tomorrow. It's really good. Willie Nelson has a new song called Busted. Uh, Paul Carrick, who is the voice of Squeeze and Sang Tempted, has a really great new tune. And I found this one and listened to it just for grins. It's real short. It says the the uh, Supremes and a guy named Martin Wave. Martin Wave is a songwriter from Sweden. And he produces different projects, TV trailers, 
film work, commercials. He took this old song and reworked it. And here's what it sounds like. It's really cool. This is Drake Digital. Now, how about that? That's why these old songs stay alive. Because someone That's like cool. him that finds them, reworks it, and it's just really cool. That's why all of these songs, that was a song in the 60s by Nancy Sinatra. That it, was, it was a huge hit. So 55 years later, this guy takes it, does that to it, and it's new again. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, Martin Wave is the guy's name. And the Supremes, um, pieces of their version of that song. Pretty neat. This is why all this music just is so, it's just so much fun to watch it. Just, it just reappears in different forms and it's encouraging. Thank God for art. We'd all be screwed. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> yep. No question. All right, quickly. Before I tell you about this Bernie Taupin book and how he and Elton John work, in case you don't know or don't, you might not care, but if you do, 35 tweets, I'm not going to do them all, about life in your 20s versus your 30s. Now, for people in our age group, this seems like forever ago, because it was, uh, <laughs> but they, this still applies and you all remember these feelings. In your 20s, you think you're bulletproof, never going to die. The idea of being 30 seems far away when you're 16. And then 21, and you go, man, I've made it. I know everything. <laughs> no, you don't. When you're 40, you still don't know shit. In 50, maybe. I don't think you ever stop learning and getting a little bit smarter. But 20s and 30s, what's the diff? Jesse says, taking a risk in my 20s? skydiving, taking a risk in my 30s, throwing out a box of cords. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's so true. Abby, uh, general pain in my 20s. Hmm, this is annoying. General pain in my 30s. So I guess this is how it all ends. I've had a good run. <laughs> Any pain, bound to be a tumor, be dead in a week. Packing in my 20s. Toothbrush. A toothbrush and a bikini. This is from Mom on the Rocks. Packing in my 30s. Those things, plus a swimsuit cover-up, three face creams, hair products to cover up, postpartum hair loss, spanks, sensible shoes, denture cream. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, let's see here. Uh, from Admiral Snack Bar, concerts in my 20s. Hell yeah, this rocks. I'll be up to 4 o'clock in the morning. Concerts in my 30s. 7 p.m., too late for a start time. I got to work in 12 hours. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Dang it, I hate that. Uh, this one's a uh, mid-20s and single. This hotel has the best bar. Mid-30s with two kids. This hotel has the best pillows. <laughs> yeah. I gotta take um, a Let's see here. Uh, well, that's, that one isn't too great. Okay, come on. Get down here. Me and my teens. This radio station is playing my jams. Me and my 20. This bar is playing my jams. Me and my 30s. This grocery <laughs> store is playing my jams. <laughs> Oh you God. know, if you hear it in Not Kroger, uh, it's oh my God. universal. Um, <laughs> let's see here. 
This cursor blows. In my 20s, jamming to heavy metal. In my <laughs> 30s, lullaby versions of heavy metal songs to get my kids to sleep. I, I lived that. Not heavy metal, but... Jennifer, Mc, I think we all did. Pearl In my Pearl. 20s, trying to find myself. In my 30s, feeling myself. Rimshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> nice. Me in my 20s. I'll never turn into my dad, says Scott. Me in my 30s in all caps. Who left all the lights on? Do you think I made a money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, going to the bar in your 20s. Leaving your apartment to, to, to party with your friends. Going to the bar in your 30s. Walking six feet from the bed to the kitchen. For a snack bar made of granola. <laughs> Drinking in my 20s made me feel fun. Drinking in my 30s makes me feel fat and tired. And no one told me life was going to be this way. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> uh, coffee in your 20s. Now I can do anything. Coffee in your 30s. Now I can do a few hours of something. <laughs> oh, just, just wait, mm. people. In my 20s, sad a boy I liked caused me heartache. In my 30s, sad a food that I liked caused me heartburn. Uh-huh. Okay. True. In my 20s, what is rage cleaning? In my 30s, where's my good sponge? Where is my good sponge? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, a night out at a crowded bar in your 20s is cool. Have you ever shopped, though, for groceries in an empty store in your 30s? Not around here. Yeah. Uh, a bearer of dad news is this guy's handle. In my, in, in, in my 20s, I of the tiger. In my 30s, I walk into walls. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this goes on to the same theme. But these people don't really know yet what's left to come. <laughs> so there you go, 20s and 30s. That's, that those are good like. and true. Yeah, 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 I guess they are. All right, uh, before we go, Elton John is coming up next. This book is coming out in September. And where did I put it? Okay. Bernie Taupin. I'm guessing that the majority of people that listen to music casually and have heard your song and Tiny Dancer and Levon and Rocket Man and Daniel and Benny and the Jets and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and Country Comfort and Elderberry Wine and Crocodile Rock, which sucked, um, and on and on through Elton John's career. You probably assume that Elton sits down and writes out the words and then goes in to record it. Now, this isn't as simple a process as has always been been discussed, but it's about to be discussed in Bernie Taupin's new book called uh, Scattershot, Life, Music, Elton, and Me. Their process has been described as follows, and I think it is pretty much dead on, but it's not as simplified as it sounds. It says here that this is the memoir fans have been waiting for uh, to to, uh, to uh, get. Um, Bernie's the guy that wrote the lyrics for Elton John. 
who conceived the idea that spawning all these hits, well, that's that's they, they've sold so many records. They were a duo, a unit, but Bernie was never seen. The way that this went, <clears throat> and probably some occasions it took more time than others, but the gist of it <clears throat> is that Bernie would write an album, let's say Mad Men Across the Water, which had Tiny Dancer and Levon and Madman. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road had Sweet Painted Ladies, All the Young Girls Love Alice, Yellow Brick Road, Gray Seal. Bernie would spend the time write all the words. Then he would meet up with Elton to record them. Elton had never seen the words. Elton sat down, one at a time, and wrote the music along to the words. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard of anybody doing that. And it probably was a little more complex than that, but that's how they did it. Bernie wrote the words. They met up. Elton saw him for the first time, sat down at the piano, and wrote the song. Now, that to me is just genius work yeah to make this as good as it has been the book comes out in september and i can't wait to read this but uh bernie toppin is the guy that wrote songs like this here's one of them on drake digital 